guys, oh, welcome back to another ESL podcast. Oh my goodness gracious, I am so excited this evening because I've brought back on a wonderful human being that I uh, brought on a very, very long time ago. She's from Uruguay, and she has an amazing sense of humor. Fernanda, thank you for coming back Hi, on. Hi, how are you? I'm fantastic. How's everything going? Pretty great. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. Yeah, I know. It's good, but... it's good to be back. Right, right. It's, uh, what is it? This is the third time. So, again, man, I am so connected uh, to my folks out there in Latin America. So, I'm so grateful. Again, we reconnected and whatnot. I'm like, yeah! So, Fernanda is back. If you guys have been following me a long time, you will have, you will have already known uh, how crazy Fernanda gets. But you know what? Today is about a personal interview, right? So I've been wanting to do a speaking, but I want to ask other people questions and have them just build a story out of it. Not build a story so much, but the questions, oh, they're just very, very fascinating on their own. So let's see where Fernanda takes us this evening or this morning or whenever you're listening to it. All right. All right. So here we go, Fernanda. Question number one. What has mm-hmm. been your best holiday yet? My best holiday yet was um, New York, um, July 2017. Okay. It was my first trip abroad with out any members of my family, just my boyfriend and me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the sense of freedom, the excitement, uh, New York is just a statement in itself. Um, like crazy things I wouldn't expect to do on a trip. Like uh, we're tired, we're going to take a nap. Mm-hmm. So we took a nap for like two hours in New York. Because we were so tired. Uh-huh. Um, the shopping, as usual. How was, like, how was the shopping? Amazing. The shopping was incredible. Uh, we went to this, it's called a Simon Outlet, I think. Like in New Jersey, you take a bus from Port Authority and you, wow. uh, in half an hour, you're there. And there are many stores. The prices are incredible. Because Uruguay and Latin America, things are so expensive. And you just go to the States and you're able to bring back two large suitcases. Wow. So imagine imagine all the presents for our Levi's jeans. Um, My boyfriend had trainers for his mother, for his father or his sister-in-law, for his brother, right. for the for his niece and nephew. So every time we go to the States, friends ask us to, uh, to bring them things, and also family, yes. So we also bring back like four suitcases full of things. Right. And so you mentioned that things in Uruguay is much more expensive than America. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like cell what? phones, for example. 
Cell phones can be twice as much depending oh, on the model. Same style, style. And trainers, trainers for 15 bucks here doesn't happen. Just doesn't. And the variety of things you get is much more smaller. Um, it's it's terrible. <laughs> and the and the way they treat you when you enter a store. Oh no! Where in Uruguay? Much to be inside. In Uruguay. What? In Uruguay. In Uruguay, yes. Like what? How do they treat yeah. you? Um. Like you're doing them a favor, so you have to do do like you have to look out for things instead of them helping you. The odd thing is that we have been receiving lots of immigrants from Cuba and Venezuela, oh, and Venezuela. the customer service they give you is much better. Uh... Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I, I I can see the difference between my country and the States and my country and Europe. Yeah. The customer service here can definitely improve. Wow, that's amazing, man. Being out here in Thailand. You know what? When I went back to America two years ago and I was in a restaurant. I just miss people asking, like, genuinely, like, a guy came with the salads and stuff, and he said, hey, guys, and, you know, there were three people working there, and he was like, so how's your guys' evening going? And me, I'm willing to talk about anything. I was like, yeah, just watch Get Out. That was an amazing movie, and next thing you know, we're having this full conversation, you know, interactively with each other, and we care about one another, and so when you come back to, you know, when I came back here to Thailand, I didn't realize how great it was out there in America. You know what I mean? Or maybe, you know, in Thailand, it's just so bad. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, you know, and the thing is, I'm not going to say Las Vegas. I'm not going to say all America. I'm going to say Arizona. Okay? Arizona. Most probably Phoenix. You know, I think they are freaking cool people, man. I love those folks out there. So, um, yeah, man. That's uh, very interesting. Okay, here we go. So, America, your greatest travels. Okay, uh, good old New York. Bring it back suitcases of clothes. So, let's get into the next one. What has been your biggest influence in life? My parents. Okay. My parents. I mean, I was born and raised here in, in Montevideo, Uruguay, the capital city. Um, I don't remember ever having memories of like missing things or not being able to get something I wanted. Uh, I wouldn't say money was tight, but definitely our situation has improved. Hmm. Um, I remember like my sister was born when I was two, so she's been always there. And I remember having to share everything with her mm. like if i got something new i would have to share it and vice versa and they were always very worried about my grades mm. my marks like that i had to study and if i had difficulties with something they would help me and i remember that at one point 
I mean, we were in high school with my sister and my father got home from work at about five-ish, sort of. And he wanted us and he wanted to open the door to our bedroom Mm -hmm. and find me and my sister studying. I mean, studying is big for him. Thank you guys. And yeah, yeah. They were like, like, what do you have to do for homework? What did you get in this test? Uh, we used to have these huge whiteboards on our bedroom and we would write down the tests, the test dates. Uh, so they were really like hands-on parents and always asking us, always telling us uh, not what to do because we knew we had to study. I mean, we were good students. Um, and eventually I think came out really good because I'm I'm a teacher of English. Of course, I studied for four years at an institute over here. And she's a doctor. So, yeah. That's awesome. The result was That's beautiful. amazing. And just yeah. having your father, of course, you know, come in and saying, you know, at, you know, asking you guys, checking up on you about studying, um, having that supporting cast that apparently obviously grows into a backbone of who you are, man, that's a beautiful yeah. thing. You know what I mean? Like, you know, my mom, again, she took sole possession of four children and she raised us through some very, very hard times for seven years, you know, from 99 to 2006. And then. Once we graduated high school, she said, okay, you have free will. Whatever you do, just make sure you do it 100%. So having a mother like that, of course, with that supportive now, she didn't have to take care of us. You know what I mean? She could have just said, you know what? I'm done taking care of y'all. I'm done and I'm leaving. You know what I mean? But I'm so grateful for that just as you are very grateful and having that influence, it just means everything. So... Okay. All right. So I remember, Fernanda, you asked me some questions about music a long time ago. And I don't remember yeah. if it was IELTS based, but I want to ask you that because, damn, I love music so much. Like, music has always been a significant part of my life. Maybe it was because my father would play the stereo very, very loudly from 1993 all the way to about 1996. And. Next thing you know, I really got into music when, you know, Mariah Carey came, Mary J. Blige would make some songs, and then all the, you know, Boys to Men, I started listening to them, Backstreet Boys, when they became big. So, does music have a real big effect in your life? Does, you know, is music very important for you? I'm not listening to lots of music at the moment because I'm so busy with work. Right. But, yeah, um, again, my dad really has, like, great taste in music. He introduced me to ABBA, the Bee Gees, um, Simon and Garfunkel. Um, yeah, so, and, and with, because of my students, I have to know, like, what kind of music they're into because one of the thematic units is music. So imagine uh, last year when they had to write about a band or an artist, 
they told me about BTS. Oh my God. <laughs> they love the BTS yeah. out there. Okay. Now I got Korean people who listen to me. No offense to my folks out there in Busan and other parts of Korea that I cannot pronounce. But man, y'all, this BTS thing, okay. Uh, they like the BTS out there in Uruguay, y'all. Yeah, we, we, there are some people even learning Korean. Well, that's good. That's really yeah. good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Korean yeah. to speak to them um, or because they want to learn Korean? I think they most of them want to learn Korean because of K pop. That's probably but a very good influence. There can be other reasons. I don't know. Mm. That's probably a very, very good influence, though. So, learning a language because of blah, 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 that's okay. But learning the language because of that, that means BTS and all these other K pop groups, they have such a profound influence that they will make you learn their language, you know, and that's phenomenal. That's one of the best influences. Yeah. Mm. I, I, I rather, I, 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 I love the fact that they're learning a language instead of like spending three hours on their cell phone or something like that. So let's talk about that. Tell me about technology. What do you think? Okay, so how about your students? Again, you've told me some stories before we got on this podcast, and they drive you crazy. I have thousands. <laughs> <laughs> so, how big of an influence is technology in this day and age for your students? Do you think it's providing them use to to access different things, or do you think it's more distracted them? <laughs> It's definitely distracting. Okay. And in one of the high schools I'm working with, uh, they have me stress and everyone around. They're like, okay, they are third grade students. They've been with us for two years already. This is their third year in this high school. They know they're not allowed to have their cell phone on in class or use it. They're not allowed to use it. They're not allowed to have it on other than silence mode. Mm. Um, But I have to tell them once in a while, okay, put your cell phone away, headphones off, things like that. But last year in this other high school, they were like using it all the time. And I just got tired of asking 50 times a lesson. So I just gave up. But this year, I mean, the situation has definitely improved. But when they're on a break, like five minutes uh, every after lesson, they're like on on their cell phones all the time. Oh, boy. Yeah. There's an addiction, yeah. We, we definitely have a problem because, you know what? I was on a, on a bus like a few months ago and the driver was on his cell and sending WhatsApp. Um, these people won't be able to work an eight-hour shift at work without looking at their cell phone. And in some jobs, that is a real problem. Right, I mean, you can have a nurse checking on her phone all the time 
or a driver. <laughs> um, I love the emphasis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's something that really worries me because learning a second language is difficult by itself. But if, uh, if I don't have your attention, like, what am I supposed to do? Mm. I don't know. So I try to tell them once, twice, three times. Um, and just yesterday, I had this student like, okay, I don't understand what you're saying. I want you to write the translation to Spanish on the board. I was like, you're a third grade student. Why don't you ask me what you don't understand? Uh. And you take notes. And a few minutes later, he was looking at his cell phone. A few minutes later, he was looking at his cell phone again. I took him out of class. Uh, he talked to the teaching assistants. It's like a person that is outside taking care of students that everything is going well. And he came at the end of the lesson and like, okay, um, I want you to to send me to special lessons and things like that. And I mean, I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> but then it got me thinking like, why don't you study at home? Look at YouTube videos, look at your notes, look at the photocopies I gave you. Um, try to make some notes of questions to ask me at the beginning of the lesson, next time we I see you. Mm. No, no, it's just, they're looking for the easy way out. Yep. And, yeah. Some of them are not really taking advantage of, of the materials. Um, and YouTube, YouTube is great. I mean, Absolutely. I was telling this student the other day, okay, you don't remember the numbers? Okay, you can just type numbers in English in YouTube. And you have thousands of videos for you to read. How to spell the numbers and how to say them. Mm. What else do you need? Mm. We didn't have that we did. when we were le learning English. Nope. My, in my case, sorry, of course. Um, I didn't have that 10 years ago. And now they do. Mm. And yeah, they're, they're lazy. <laughs> they're definitely lazy. But they they just don't know any other way. Maybe the system has kind of helped them too much, and now they're in third grade and they don't know some basic things like don't look at your cell phone in class. But yeah, cell phones are definitely a problem. However, um, I must admit that in some cases, well, for example, when we call the role, like to see which students are absent, mm -hmm. we have an app for that. And nice. immediately this teaching assistant can see it. They, they do the math, like how many absences they've got in a month. Um, that's really good. And even when we have to like fill in the marks, 
and if they're doing a good job, things like that. That is online now. We used to have this. I think I have one here. No, I don't. Um, it was like a notebook. And you had to fill in all this information. It was awful. But now everything is online. So I can do it on my phone. I can do it on my desktop computer. Um, but many people here are not happy about it. They want the old ones back. Wow. Uh, I was just looking at uh, a note from the union. I'm not part of the union, but I like finding out what they're like, what they're doing and things like that. And there was a like a notice board on my on this high school, and they're like, okay, this is not mandatory, and we want uh, the paper notebooks to fill in the information, and they're not delivering them, and we've been teaching for a month and a half, so you you should have them like a week after classes start. Um, yeah. Uruguay has lots of problems. Right, right, right. Oh, man. That's when you see with things like that, that we're definitely, definitely a third world country. Oh, come so on. So that's why I get such a shock when I go to Europe or the States. I be, I think I told you this before, but the week after I get home from a trip is awful because the buses are so slow and everything is just so Uruguayan. <laughs> and it's not a good thing. <laughs> but well, right. I'll be back eventually, so <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Wait, I wouldn't necessarily classify Uruguay as a third world country. You guys aren't in the oh same category God, as India on. or Bangladesh or or Sudan. I know. You know. Yeah. I know, but we have plenty of problems. Education, of course, can definitely improve. Shit, we have quite a bit of poverty. Okay. Um things are just low. Have you That's seen any the, the have, word I would Yeah, have you seen any improvement over the last ten to twenty years in let's say the educational department or the you No. Know, oh god. Well, no. Yeah. Well that's America no. too. <laughs> America, there's been no improvement since the sixteen hundreds. Okay, Harvard is still Harvard. You know what I mean? I just and universities and schools are in trouble right now because people are realizing that they don't need to know uh, Y equals MX plus B anymore, right? They can actually monetize their passion online. So I believe that schools, what we're seeing right now is a really big shift in the education system and people are being exposed, institutions and higher education. People are going to realize, hey, you know what? This doesn't really equal success anymore. So... Yeah, I don't know. Just my opinion. I don't know how Uruguay. I'm not sure if you guys are heavily reliant on an education in order to get a wonderful, you know, you, you know, to have a wonderful life, to live comfortably. 
the thing is, remember uh, what I told you about the World Cup yeah. and us having this national football team that was doing really well? Mm-hmm. Okay. In the last few years, and obviously, like, over the last 20 years as well, what they what people see as success is like football and a football career and their children being able to, to play football. And they're reliant, they're very reliant on that and they expect it to pay off. So you have like students, especially male, okay? Uh, girl, uh, women football is like, not, it's not a thing here. So we have students like, again, 15, 14. They go to school in the morning because they're allowed to. They train all afternoon. They barely do any homework. Um, So they're not doing really well at school. Um, Their parents expect them to to turn 20 and go to Europe and make lots of money. Um, So are they worried about education? No. I mean, just it's mandatory by law to send them to school. But that's it. Wow. Yeah. Or... That's interesting. Yeah, or maybe drugs. Yeah, well, a lot of people fall into people, that trip. There are some people in... in there needs to be born. So I'm going to give you this last question because mm-hmm. I know you got to go on to different things. I'm not going to keep you for long. But this last question, how can Uruguay in every department, whether it's this, whether it's education, whether it's criminality, how can they begin to start making a change? Is it leadership? Do you, are you guys in need in need for a leader? It's like African America. We don't have a leader. You know, African Americans. We don't have a leader. Mm-hmm. Africa doesn't have that standout leader. There aren't leaders in the in the world anymore, and that's what we're really missing out on. So, what do you think? Well, that's really important because we have a we had a, an election coming up in October, Uh-oh. which we're electing a new president. So that's going to be big because it's either the, the same party that's been ruling since 2005 or another one that's been in power before. Oh, boy. Uh, the thing is, like, politicians over here in Uruguay, I don't think any of them are really interested in what life is like for people here. Um, I think that eventually things have to improve. Um, maybe social networks can be a big part because people can make themselves heard and you can voice your opinion in a way that you couldn't do it 10 years ago. But I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. I think that we, we need to change, we need to improve, we need to pay more attention to to hard work and, and education, uh, being on time, things like that, like taking care of our children. 
I see like people on the bus next to their children and looking at their cell phones. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Right, right. Like, look at your child. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, but I mean, I'm, I'm still I'm optimistic because the only way is up. Exactly. I mean, exactly. Yeah. The only way is up. Yeah, I had a coach. I forgot his name. I think his name was Coach Herrick. And I remember I fell and tripped over my four of, what is it, 300-meter intermediate hurdle race. And I remember at the end, he was like, hey, Arsenio, but remember, the only way is up from here. It can't get any worse. And I'm like, well, what if I trip over the second to the last hurdle? Then it's going to get much worse. But no, yeah, he was right. He was right. But yeah, it's just amazing, man. Um you know, going through those things, through those things, but it's always important to ask the right questions. And with that, you're able to resolve problems. So yeah, man, best of luck to the country of Uruguay. Let me know how all that goes for Nanda. Thank you so much for joining me this evening. Thank you so much for having me. It was really nice talking to you. Um, well, we have Lots of things to talk about next time. I know. We I always know. do. Uh, we always do. We now. I of course I could have extended this conversation much much longer, but again, it being eight p.m. my time and whatnot, and then you getting ready to go off to school, I do not want to hold you any longer. So, man, thank you so much for the Nanda. Thank you, and see you next time with more questions. <laughs> <laughs> You're very welcome. And guys, with that being said, man, if you liked it, share it. Thank you so much for tuning in to another ESL uh, Friendly Conversations. I'm your host, Arsidio, as usual, over and out.